With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
TRN presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Grab in wrestling fans and get ready, because it's TNT and it's dynamite. Gentlemen, and this is the Evolution Radio Network. You are logged in live. This is a proud presentation of Rampage Productions. This is Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Sadistic Sean David, and I am joined here, as always, by my co-host, the Soulless Slither, Sid. And the reason why this show will never be a bag of dicks. Chaotic Katie. All right. Folks, we've got a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling here Mm. tonight on this very program. I promise you, um, I've got a shit list, but I've also got another thing that I've got to address, which is going to kind of be shit list related, but we'll get to that. Um, Very first and foremost, I want to wish my nephew, Mr. Damien, a uh, very happy birthday um, back on Tuesday the 16th. 17 happy years old now, Katie. Oh, my goodness, 17. Well, <laughs> imagine how, imagine how, when I, how, how me and Talon feel. Well, you got to understand, I, I'm sitting here thinking of what I was doing when I was 17, and I was not a good girl. <laughs> I, I was, no, no sirree, Bob. I was not a good girl. I was drinking. I was smoking weed and doing other things I shouldn't have been doing. So I can't say nothing. I can't say nothing to being, yeah, you got to be nice. Be nice. Respect your adult. Yeah, it's so pretty stupid. <laughs> I I told my brother if I were to write my nephew a birthday card, especially at this age now, it would be happy day yeah. your mom decided not to swallow, aka your birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked my brother. <laughs> Go ahead, Katie. It is beautiful in some ways. Okay, it's, it's true. <laughs> That's true. It's damn true. <laughs> um, and I also then asked my brother why that is not already a birthday card for somebody. No. <laughs> like, I feel like there's that's a million-dollar idea there that somebody's going to make up yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it, hearing it on this program. Yeah. Make it, mother chuckers. Make it. 
What I also want to open tonight's program with is we're going to play a little bit of story time here with Sin and Sean because, and I don't know that Sin will remember this. I'm going to do some figuring here. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, memories from the time beyond. Yeah, good luck. 19 years ago on Tuesday, the night that him and I traveled to go and meet WWE Hall of Famer Medusa, 19 years ago on that very day would have been a Saturday night in 2003 that his company, Wicked Wrestling Alliance, was born. So tonight, I thought it would be a good idea to open the program and kind of go back with some of the history that I remember with him from his company, Wicked Wrestling Alliance, which in its an original fashion, its long-tenured run lasted from 2003 to 2005. Not bad. Uh, Sam, how do you feel about that? Oh, it sounds good. Far away. I wish you would have let me know in advance. I would have got Mel on here. She's, um, she's half the story. <laughs> uh, if she wants to call in, she can use that call-in number from oh, her phone. Yeah. Or, okay, um, I'll, I'll let her know during the break. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's um, good because you have to refresh You have to refresh your call at the break anyway. So what I want to kind of do is this, this company came together – um, on, a, on a long list of elements kind of falling into place. And there was a lot of it that I know now that back as a teenager, uh, even before I was a teenager, I did not know. Um, I had met Sin in 1996, or uh, it had to have been seven. He was wrestling at the uh, Peru Mall here in Peru, Illinois, and it was his first main event. It was him against Jason the Terrible, uh, Tim Lyle under a mask in a um, casket match. And this, for me as a child, I had literally seen casket matches on, you know, WWE. Because uh, back then, you could go to the video store and rent the, the pay-per-view after it came out on, on VHS. So we'd do that. So the only casket matches that I had seen at this point, and you have to remember, on a bigger scale of seeing things, they were a newer invention. You had seen them back in the territory days, but this is something on a grand national stage that was just being done by Vince and WWE. So when, when you know, um, let's see here, 1994 Royal Rumble. Um, Finn, correct me on the year, but wouldn't have been uh, Royal Rumble. Then Survivor Series is when him and Yokozuna had the second one, correct? With Chuck Norris. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. That's really <laughs> pulling back. Yeah. What year would that have been? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're, I you're totally forgot about Chuck Norris spot there, and then Susie said it. I remembered the match. Like <laughs> I, I wasn't following. She said Chuck Norris. I'm like, I know what match she's talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, don't all talk at once. Don't all talk I, at I, once, I, eh? Yeah, I backed off because I thought he had something to say. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so you know, and. It, it, um, it came together that Sin was working with Tim Lyle. That's who he trained under. And I think my and brother Brian. at the time. And Brian. I oh, think my brother yeah, was trying. Yeah, we to Brian Lyle as well. I think my brother might have been trying to get in his, his foot in the door then. But I, I think the feeling that some of the people like maybe Tim Lyle had then, and Sin will correct me if I'm wrong, is that my brother wasn't ready 
Um, and maybe the price was too high for training for Tim Lyle. I don't, I don't know all of those little details, but I will um, say this. You know, as far as prices, it was very reasonable um, for the quality of training we got and the experience we got. It was definitely very reasonable and totally worth the time to do. That, that was a very well-run school. Um, the Phoenix Brothers came out of there. The Jonas Brothers came out of there. Yeah, that was uh, – Powerhouse was good times. I miss Adam and Eve. <laughs> uh, so, Finn would go on to have a career with Tim Lyle. While my brother and I didn't really do anything in the wrestling business after seeing Finn. We knew of Powerhouse. We didn't get to go to a lot of shows because I was a child. Um, I remember we lived on an apartment building downtown LaSalle, and I, I, we had gone to the local pawn shop, and they were selling tickets for that night in Streeter, Illinois, King Kong Bundy. And I begged <laughs> my mom. I threw the biggest temper tantrum, wanting to meet oh, my King Kong Bundy. Um, I remember this so well. I'm gonna, I've got a great backstory after this. Uh, um, that I that I literally threw the biggest fit in the world, and then it wasn't oh. shortly after that we were still living there, and in the local paper we had gotten at our uh, grade school at the time, and I saw this big article, and I made the teacher read it to me that Perry Funk was coming to LaSalle for Powerhouse Wrestling, and there was going to be a barbed wire match. Um, there, there was going to be a barbed wire match. And I think yeah. I was more mad that I couldn't meet Terry Funk than I couldn't meet Bundy. Here's why. And at the timeline may have been off on, on which one was first, but um, I had actually done, we had to do a thing. This would have been around Thanksgiving that Tim brought in Funk. So yeah, I, remember, right. I, I remember having to write this article of what we were thankful for. And I said, I would be very thankful to meet Terry Funk. And they're like, how does this like, Ten-year-old kid know who the hell Terry Funk is? How, yeah, what? Right. Come on. Um, you know, so it became a thing where I knew that Tim Lyle and Powerhouse existed, but I didn't get to see a lot of it. And I remember uh, we were living. My dad had got custody of me, and we were living in Rock Falls, and we had drove by the old House of Pain, and I saw a lot of commotion going on. I said, "Stop! I want to see what's going on here." And uh, I ran in the ring, which Tim knew I would do that. He's like, I fucking remember this kid. <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, there's a show tonight. I was like, cool, well, I'll be back. And uh, I made my dad buy me a ticket then, and then he had to buy my stepbrother one, and he dropped stepbrother and I off at the show. And uh, I remember that's the night we got to manage. I didn't work a lot of matches in that building. I was injured uh, for part of the stint over there, and then I left like shortly after. Uh, this would have been right like two weeks maybe before Revolution opened, but we'll get to that too. Oh, okay. Um, so I remember that um, we, we got to manage Freight Train, and they had announced that their next show was going to be in a cage, which you can actually go back and find video on YouTube of this cage. The cage that Tim Lyle had in the House of Pain, was that, was the best, that was the best fucking cage I've ever seen in my life, one of them. Oh, it the, really the, was, he, he said that cage he bought the ring, I think, or just shortly after. He knew he wanted a cage. You know, so anytime, it, you know, it seems like when we got the the bigger venues really got to see it, you know, because we couldn't fit it in some of the smaller places we'd go. Right. But if we were, you know, 
we try to he tried to only break it out of two three times a year so it's special and then you know obviously it only can be done in certain venues so yeah it was a, it was a good attraction um the original cage that he had from what steve kane told me uh, the ring that Tim had, they could actually make it like a hell in a cell to where there was a little bit of room between the cage and the ring. Um, oh. And then the one that he got later on when he was running uh, Streeter after Skip got involved when he got the first tie spots ring, um, somebody said that they helped him build that and it was out of like dog kennel parts. And I was like, well, yeah, that's a oh, smart wow. way to do it if you can make that work. Um, and he hasn't had another one, but I remember – seen the video of that cage and, and then I go back and remember looking at the first uh, real cage match that I got to see up close at Dreamwave was one of them and that cage that they had in the Knights of Columbus the, the first one that they used for several of their uh, no escape events went all the way to the ceiling at the Knights of Columbus I was like this is what a cage should be because I've always had the feeling that a steel cage you shouldn't be able to stand most people know when you put a steel cage together, if you get a nice one, uh, the top pieces will slide into the bottom pieces, which are about four foot high. So um, that was the way this one was done, is it slid together like that. But th- this thing, I don't like, if I'm going to stand in the mi- what I'd say the middle part of the, the cage or on the top rope, being able to be out of the cage. That was never what it was designed for. Uh, bringing this all full circle um, Revolution Championship Wrestling opened with Kurt Razzo, Jay Repsol. Uh, I don't know this Vito guy's name, but he was one of their reps. And then under the guidance of Steve Freeman. Now, Sam, this is where I want you to Are you talking about in. Vito Thomas? Are you talking about Vito Th- Thomas? No, you're not talking about Vito Tomaselli, are you? No, this was, another, this was another Vito that was a part of it. It was him and Iggy and Razzo and Jay. And uh, Freeman funding it. There may have been other hands involved. I don't remember all of them back yeah, then. Uh, yeah, but, I, wish I, I wish I had Kurt on the line. But those were, the, those were the original ones that were involved in RCW. And then, obviously, Steve Freeman with Metropolis Comics was the backer. Now, I've heard a lot of stories from Freeman over the years, but I'm, I'm going to ask them to confirm this here tonight. Mm. At one point, Steve Freeman was the backer in Tim Lyle's Powerhouse Wrestling before – uh, RCW came about true or false? Uh, false, but there is some truth into it. Um, he wasn't like an official, real like backer. Backer, I mean, like we did promotion for him, he, right. he did it split on some shirts with him or something. You know, you'd have to ask Tim Lyle about the exact business, but it was uh set up in a way that. Um, he they, they, he didn't really back them like he backed RCW. He didn't gotcha. he was really responsible for him. You know, which is I still on trying to sell some merch. Right. Okay, so we clarified that. So um, RCW comes about April 2002. Uh, somewhere in that time period, Finn has a falling out with Tim Lyle. Um, during the same time period, because we're going to get to how Wicked opened, um, Kurt Razzo stayed with RCW for about a year uh, through their one-year anniversary before he felt that even though he was pumping his own funding into the company as well, um, he was getting the feeling that his services were no longer needed and that he was going to be pushed out. So he just gracefully left. Um, and about that time, he contacted Stan, and this is how the 
plans for Wicked Wrestling really kind of started to come to fruition. At the time, Sin had a business actually, partner. Actually, it's not, it's not quite right. What, what actually okay. happened was um, it was me, Mel, and Nick Logan sat down and talked about the possibility of opening up a wrestling company in the area other than RCW. And uh, basically, between all of us putting some money in, we were like, okay, we can get this ring. And uh, shout out to Scott Willoughby because he let me, uh, he got a truck so we could pick the ring up from down south. Otherwise, shipping a ring is crazy. And then uh, from there, I mean, uh, is. I was already planning the first show. It was already going to happen. And I met Razzo, I think, at the one-year anniversary of RCW. And there is when I told him, hey, I'm starting up my own company, too. I hope we just do as well as you, brother. All the best. Shook his hand, gave him a pat. And rumor has had it that some something with that might have had something to do with his departure, too. Uh, right. You know, so um, anyway, but before the first show did happen, Razzo was on board. But Reza wasn't on board initially. And uh, Logan was only on board for a little while. He just didn't want to financially have to plan around and deal with shows anymore. He had other um, he, to do. I would say uh, Nick Logan was involved for about the first, when I say six months, I don't mean six months of business. I mean six months worth of events. Because uh, there yeah. were a few events in 2003 to start things up and then more in 2004. And then by a certain part of 04, uh, unfortunately, Mick Logan was gone, but this had all come about because Tim Lyle had basically been pushed out of the Illinois Valley, not uh, completely, but pushed far South that he was running street and maybe even some stuff in Pontiac at the point, which was good about 30 to 45 minutes from where he was. Um, yeah. If not a little bit further, um, because people were tired of <clears throat> Tim's vision for Powerhouse at the time had kind of gone into the wayside. This is before he brought in Toby Hope. Um, he was very old school. He was very old school in his booking, his matches, and such. And uh, um, RCW and Wicked kind of had a more of an edgy, more modern take on wrestling for that era. You know what I R- mean? I think that that was a big difference. RCW at that point had really become the alternative before Wicked. I mean, the first year of RCW, you can go and look at, and that's some of the greatest wrestling you'll ever That is some of the – and this is no offense to Finn or Mel or anybody, but the first year of RCW, hands down, is one of the best things that has ever happened in the Illinois Valley. I I mean, literally, to be a part of that as a fan – that was some of the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. CM Punk here is our, as the world champion for that company. I mean, and then all of the oh. talent that passed through there. Um, but bringing everything full circle, Wicked came about because talent other than Sin that works for Powerhouse was feeling that the things needed to be shifted. And Tim, at that point, from what my sources told me, was unwilling to loosen the reins a little bit to let that shift happen, Um, which is unfortunate. Now, I will say this. Powerhouse still stayed in existence. You had RCW running in LaSalle primarily, and then August 2003, uh, I don't know what month you guys announced it. I would say June or July of that year. 
we yeah, get the announcement. Summer hours. I remember. Uh, Wicked Wrestling Alliance is going to be born in LaSalle on Saturday night, August 16th. LaSalle, Illinois at the Knights of Columbus, which not nobody had run that venue up until that point. Nobody. Well, it's, it, it was hard to get a ring up there. That was the oh, most that's... challenging part. Um, other, than that, that. other than that, the venue is perfect. Um, and the first main event, let's go over that, is signed, because this guy will be here next week uh, for Wrestling Authority Radio. Uh, no, i got to look at my calendar because I'm getting my dates all confuzzled. Uh, yes, one week yeah. from tonight he will be on the program. Electric Eric Freedom was oh, signed yeah. for this event to take on. Now, this I even razzed in because he had a comic book store, uh, hobby store at the time that I was, you know, hanging out at. Um, and I said, you're really going to book the guy's name I'm about to say against Freedom and – I had not seen a lot of freedom at this point. I'd remembered him, and I'd, I'd, I'd seen footage that was available. Oh, I knew freedom was a perfect guy. Um, like, that, that was across the board. That was one thing we all agreed on. After we agreed um, on the name we were bringing in, we agreed freedom would work him. So Eric Freedom is going to come out of powerhouse wrestling he may still be appearing there. I don't think he appeared for Tim for a while while he was working for you out of respect for you. Um, Eric Freedom is going to take on the new FN show from ECW, Jerry Lynn. And Jerry Lynn is oh. like fresh off his WWE run. He's looking mean, lean, mean, and fantastic in the ring. I think if memory serves me correct, he either to just turn 40 or 42 right before that event. And I will attest, that man walked in in the best shape that I've ever seen somebody that's removed from television come in in. Yeah, he looks looks really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still did for years after that, too. He was still doing some matches in, what, Impact not too long ago? Uh, well, he was the IWA yep. Mid-South champion before Ian screwed that all up. And, I mean, he stayed in great shape, great, great shape. One of the nicest guys you could ever want to meet. Um, yeah, very yeah, sweet, uh, yeah, sweet man. Easy to work with. He's hilarious. He, a lot of people don't realize this about him. The guy is really funny and just generous. Like, I mean, the way he treats the boys. And, like, when we got to the venue, he's like, no, I'm buying the food for everybody kind of attitude and like no i got the drinks tonight you know what i mean just you know takes care of the boys you know i think the thing that stood out with me because this is my first night ever in a locker room and i'm i'm greener as a fucking pepper tree at this point um but the thing that stood out with me is he was offered his own private dressing room and he turned it down that was the money office for the night that became the money office for the night for the promoters and Lynn sat out with the rest of the guys that were wor- and girls that were working the show, which included me. I was the ring boy that night. And what that is yeah. is somebody that's going to – like when Sin comes out with his trench coat, we don't want somebody running off from the crowd with Sin's trench coat that gets taken back down to the locker room. Yeah. So, Things like that. Uh, title belts are super important. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, that, was, that was like a huge moment for me because – I was like, damn, he's actually, we're not, like, at this point, because when you break into the business, you're taught we're nobodies, 
when you have a name that is in your locker room, you're, you're nothing compared to them. Unless you're in a locker room with Mantar. We'll clarify that one right now. Thank you very much. Um, but it was, it, it, that was kind of awe-inspiring that he would take the time to do that. Um, yeah, it's really kind of crazy, too, because we, we, we had that extra side room. So we're like, you know what, we'll offer it to a name if they come in. You know what I mean? There was a nice comfy I think, couch in there, too. Um, so if they wanted to lay down and get some shut-eye, if they had jet lag or whatever, we that room was awesome. But uh, when we brought Jerry in, just right away, he's like, no, let me change with the boys. Like, you know, like, it'd be weird if I had my own dressing room kind of attitude, you know what I mean? Very just down-to-earth kind of guy. Like I said, he's very good to the boys. He, he likes being around the boys. You know, he, he's just... He's, he's a fun guy to be around. And uh, the fact that he's like a magnificent worker and, and in my opinion had the best matches with RVD that RVD's had with anybody. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Saying a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, their matches in ECW were just amazing. And I mean, just to get him that far, not too far removed from the ECW, WWE days was really nice. Because what was he released? Maybe two years before he came in to work for us? Uh, probably, because he had that light run with WWE where he was the light heavyweight champion, and they, they just didn't know what to do with him, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. There was... we, him and I joked about that. Uh, the fact that, uh, um, you know, when he won that match, he got a pop. And, you know, because ECW is kind of big in Chicago. And uh, he goes to the back and they're like, man, you got, like, bigger pop. And he's like, I told you guys, Chicago's ECW territory. He's like, I knew I'd get a pop. And then, uh, and then I guess Christian walks up to him and he's like, wow, you won the light heavyweight, you know, championship. That's how I got started out, too, is with that belt, man. And he's like, all I thought from there was, oh, crap, there goes my career. Um, so we'll run down the first year of uh, Wicked here from my memory and Sin can kind of fill in some things from there Um, obviously we talked about the horrifying match between Pledge Jones and the uh, late Jonas the Giant we love Jonas but uh, that that ring man big boy Um, other things in the first year of Wicked that I remember you had some great talent that, unfortunately, some of them, we, we didn't see a lot of after that. One of the first talents signed for Wicked Wrestling Alliance's in, uh, inaugural show, Genocide, Julian the Warlock. Julian the Warlock. I, I knew you were going to say that one for sure. Julian the Warlock was really good. I That was an amazing talent that RCW tried to steal away, and it was funny. He came and worked one show for RCW. They pitched the angle that they wanted him to do. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you can't work over there anymore. Okay, well, this is my one and done with you guys. Thanks for the publicity for their show. I remember him <laughs> saying that to them. <laughs> oh. oh, man. If I would have remembered that, I would have brought him back at least. <laughs> uh, Poor Julian. Julian I Julian, apologize if you're out there. Uh, Julian was great. Um, you had Angus McDuff, who is just a beloved friend of Sin and I's, uh, even now to this day. I don't know that Angus has ever missed a show as far as, like, I even remember after that horrible injury he suffered with Billy Gunn. Um, 
you know, he had to take some time off, but I, I still think he showed up, right? Like made appearances showed up. I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. The other one we'll talk about that didn't do that after giving being given the championship was good old Kurt Rigsby. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Rigsby went off and did his own thing. Uh, you know, I, he kind of, after, I get it. It was a severe leg break, and it happened just in uh, training. You know, he was trained in to keep his stuff sharp. Some guys do that. And uh, he was in the ring, and uh, I don't know, he took a cross body or something wrong, and it broke the upper bone in your oh. leg. I don't know what that's called. But it Femur. broke that bone. Femur? femur. Okay, yeah. that, that got broken. It's a big um, Which meant he had to vacate the title. Like, mm-hmm. after we went through this, the whole reason I was champion was to get, you know, hopefully face him and do do a little thing with him. And then he got the belt, and I couldn't be champion again. You know, it wouldn't make sense. So, yeah, kind of left things in turmoil, but it ended well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, other other names to pass through Wicked Wrestling Alliance that a lot of people would remember. Uh, Chicago legend Brandon Bishop. Loved that guy. Great worker. Hell of a specimen. Um, <clears throat> you had good old our good old buddy, the Lion of the Lou, which every time he has been on this program and says that, and I'm like, you know, the Lou overseas is not a good thing, right? You're the Lion of the Lou. <laughs> lion, yeah. Curtis Wild, a.k.a. the Wild Child, which we talked about this with Katie, like the 300-pound ass of doom coming down from about a 30-foot ladder. No! (laughs) Hey, hey, that that guy, you know what what he had? He had Dusty Rhodes. He's got Dusty Rhodes syndrome. I don't know about now. He's in better shape now. But uh, what I mean by that is he didn't need the body to back it up because he was so good on the stick. People just loved him anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? So he didn't have to have that perfect wrestler's body. He was good enough in the ring, like Kevin Owens, just you know, good enough in the ring, and he was very charismatic. And that's what he needed. So, so what you you're know, saying? To him. So, so you know, so what you're saying is Curtis Wild was almost a good re- wrestler before we had almost. <laughs> oh come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 he had incredible skills in the ring now. Come on. He landed on uh, my head love, once. It happens. Love you, Curtis. Um, other names That's to cool. pass through Wicked Wrestling Alliance. We're going to give some credit to where it's due. So a lot of people know the name Joey Roth now these days. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is Joey Roth doesn't like to talk about his start, but Finn and I know where it happens. Joey Roth was a part of the trio known as the Super Villains. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, we were very open to him about how we'd like to bring him back and not the rest. Then apparently, eventually, that must have uh, been hmm. the case with most companies because he broke off from them. So, yeah. Um, I, li- I like him. Good guy. Uh, the Super Villains. You know, the, the sad thing about this, and I just want to, because tonight we're going to play some armchair booker a little bit later, but we'll play this now. Had we had the ability to tag the super villains with a madman Pondo, oh my. I, think, I think that would have been some classic shit for Wicked. 
We 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 got we missed that. We no, missed that opportunity. To, they probably would have paid for Pondo to come in just to be able to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you at least you're telling the truth on that one. You you are you are telling the truth. Um, some of my other favorite talent that has come out of Wicked Wrestling Alliance, there's uh, there's there's been several that have passed through there, okay. And I want to give them credit where they're where it's due. They were students of Electric Eric Freedom. We'll get into that in here in a few moments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite oh. one that I've ever seen because I like I saw him do this in a battle royal. And I'm like, I'm gonna do that in every battle royal I get booked in. Guy oh. by the name of Gary the Freak. Oh, Gary the Freak. Yes, Gary the Freak. Um, and when he, like, this is one of his first matches. So, like, Kurt Razzo comes up with the idea. He's like, I want to see what you got to work with, so I don't want you eliminated for a bit. Don't let nobody touch you. Just grab the bottom rope and hang on for dear life. Yeah. As all good bookers do, Kurt had stole that idea from, like, some 1970s wrestling footage he had watched. I think it was like Jerry Lawler or somebody did it. He was like, oh, my God, I have this great idea. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, like all there, us wrestlers do it. We, can, we steal a little bit. There was another guy traveling with Eric Freedom at that time that did not fully figure out his character at that point, but getting to see him in Jimmy Blaze's company a couple years later – guy by the name of Nathan Grimley, that became something special. Here is this, like, white guy that has this – he's, like, Japanese or been, been trained by the Japanese, and he's coming out with one of these, like, Japanese porcelain dolls, and it's scary as shit because we think the thing is possessed. And I was like, he found oh, his character. He found oh, his character, and it worked. Um, a guy that uh, used to travel with – Freedom that unfortunately did not get to come in for Wicked. That I, I have to ask this question: um, How come we were, we didn't get to see Hot Jimmy Shawwin in Wicked? Was he a Tim guy at that uh, point? I don't know. I know I'd, uh, if I remember right, um, he had suffered an injury shortly before Wicked opened. I know, and I don't know. Oh if that's why I didn't contact him. The injury was a guy was working him. He went up to the second rope and was going to do punches to the head, right? Well, he kind of yeah. came across and caught him with his fist on the ear and popped his eardrum. Uh. So so he hits him, and, you know, he's just like, you know, that that almost knocked your lights out. You know, your eardrum popped. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, they, they finished it up or whatever. But uh, my understanding, there was a huge receipt for that. In a battle royal or something, where guys with Shawwin got the guy back. Damn. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, but I, I think uh, it was at around that point. So I think that's why we didn't give him a call. It was a matter of well, that that he was really close with Tim, so you know, right, I don't know and that's he would have worked with that, us. That's that's what I was getting at. I just happened to think of that. Um, <laughs> Other other people to have appeared for Wicked that are now more known. I want to I want to lay this out and then we'll let kind of go over some of the highlights of of Wicked for me and Sin and close this uh, uh, segment up. But it's a good history. So the bigger name talents that have appeared in Wicked Wrestling Alliance are as follows. You had Jerry Lynn, 
You had Headbanger Mosh. Mm-hmm. You had a guy by the name of Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn. Yep. And, uh, Spike Dudley. I don't want to tell that story. I don't. Um, I'm so sorry about that, by the way. I had no idea. Uh, we'll, we'll tell that here in a bit, Katie. Um, okay. And then, so I, I remember I am outside before the event starts. And Stan and, and Mel and everybody's inside with the ring, and there's people in the locker room and people upstairs. And I get met outside, and here I am in my black uh, jeans that I wore for Stan and my Wicked Wrestling Alliance shirt. And a guy comes up to me, and he goes, do you work here, uh, sir? And I said, yes, I do. I said, what can I help you with? And he handed me his card. He says, I am here with AWA legend Mad Dog Bashan. He was wondering oh. if he could come in and speak this evening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> let me tell you, I could not run into that building to get a hold of Sin or somebody to get a couple of the boys to come out. Yeah, and you, actually, you, you got a hold of Mel before me because Mel came to me about it because she didn't mm-hmm. want to say yes without me at that point because, you know, we kind of made all decisions together. So right. she, I'm like, yeah. right, my my first question was, "What? Are you sure it's really him?" Like, like it just sounds like a rib, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, and I'm like, "Did he only have one leg?" And she's like, "Yes, he has a fake foot." I'm like, "Oh, fake leg." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, that would make sense. That that sounds like him." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "If not, this guy's gone going through a lot of trouble to impersonate him." Right. <laughs> I I remember the emotion in his speech. I remember because um, this had happened at RCW, I believe, about a year prior. He'd only made the few appearances, but the whole reason he came to this event was because he heard it was to help tornado victims. Yeah. And he drove oh. in from Minnesota to be able to share his story with the fans and show the fans here. Uh, somebody's rattling something. You got to stop it. Um, thank you. Um, to be able to share his story and show his support to this area, because I believe the AWA ran here at some point. Um, so I like literally, I, I am just this fresh trainee training under sin at this point. Um, not even a couple months into my training at this point and get met, you know, outside with mad dog, Vashon Luna's dad. Mm, and yeah. I uncle. just Isn't it? Uncle. Uh, it's uncle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mad Dog's uncle, right? Mm. Oh. I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Preacher uncle. Her uncle. Which she she's affiliated in a weird kind of way with our company as well. You know what I mean? Uh, just right. The conversations Mel and her have had. Um, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, so, I mean, literally, Sin, because we never really got to talk about this, what was your and Mel's impression of having that happen while RCW is going on? Like, he just shows up at a – you didn't book him. This was not pre-set up. This just happened. Uh, I was like, uh, you know – felt blessed and you never look a gift horse in the mouth and of course let him come and talk. I mean, I, oh, yeah. what promoter, 
what promoter at that point wouldn't be ecstatic about the situation? You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, definitely let him go out there, say what he's got to say. And, you know, just uh, it was, it was uh, it, like you said, it was a surreal moment. There's been a couple of them in Wicked. That was definitely maybe the first really kind of surreal feeling moment for me in Wicked. Just like, wow, you know, Mad Dog's here. And, you know, I, he wasn't even booked. <laughs> you know, he just showed up. Uh, That kind of started to turn the corner in Wicked's favor for the people that were naysayers through Tim Lyle, through RCW's connections. Um, I remember... Added a level of legitimacy to us. Um, You know, and it... it, I don't know. I guess somebody upstairs liked us at that moment. Um. (laughs) I remember that Wicked Wrestling had a couple events at a place uh, that I actually wrestled at later in my career that is now closed. It's a garage door specialty place. The building is now. But there was a bar in Peru, Illinois called The Lounge. Oh, and yeah. I, uh, I don't know if Sin will remember this, but we literally had to have his dad t- come pick me up and run and plant like <laughs> He had to make 500 copies of the poster for this upcoming event at the lounge that was supposed to feature Doink the Clown and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And yeah, I literally okay. went to the fair or carnival or whatever it was every day during that carnival with like 500 posters and did not leave until they were gone. You, you, you know, whoever had to clean that stuff up, they, they have to hate you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but I don't know what happened. Why that appearance with Hacksaw didn't happen? Um, I'm, I'm trying to I remember don't... what. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He ended up getting replaced, didn't he? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember what? now. It's it's been a while, man. We've only had uh, two no-show incidences, and that was that one. Well, three if you count balls, but he couldn't help it because. His flight got canceled because of weather. Right. Um, uh, I mean, uh, the other one being Gangrel, but again, that was due to a misunderstanding because of, you know, Steve was in RCW and found out we were bringing in Gangrel and he caused all these problems with White Wolf, who owned the rights to the name Gangrel, which right. no longer, no longer though, Gangrel owns it now. But, uh, um, yeah, well, the other time it caused a whole problem. Um, for whatever reason, that that didn't end up happening. I remember other names that were slated to um, pass through Wicked in February of 2004, I believe. May have been after that. May have been the show after that, because this would have been a booking that Talon set up. Um, I'm going to give him some credit here, because it would have been a cool thing. guy by the name of Josh Prohibition that was just out, starting to get some notoriety from a game called Backyard Wrestling and Backyard Wrestling 2, Don't Try This at Home, who had legitimately went and got trained to be a real professional. Unfortunately, at the time... That's um, genius. If you're going to be a yarder and you get signed something like that, get really trained. That's smart. Mm. That is smart. I remember he was on the show that I went to of uh, Ian Rotten's over in Indiana, him and Matt Cross, and they had a match, and I was like, now I see why my brother wanted to do this because 
the guy in the ring. Like, okay, anybody can backyard. It's it's real simple to do, okay? But the ability that that kid had in the ring with some training behind him was breathtaking. I was like, this this is something that could work. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, Josh may have been got, gotten the training, but nobody sat and talked to him about how to handle bookings. I don't know what the – Complete falling out was, I won't place it totally on him. I, I'm going to stand by my statement, but it may not completely have been his fault. Um, there, was the, there were some other names that were slated to come to Wicked. I remember when um, Finn was going to bring in Billy Gunn, he came to me and he says, hey, like, what, what would your, be your opinion of some names here that would draw? And I said, well, I said, if you can get your hands on Abyss, because that hadn't been done here. And I said, look, he, he drew like hundreds of people over for this other company that's part of the NWA over in Iowa. I like Chris. I love Abyss. I've met him. Good dude. Was worth yeah, it there. Yeah, good uh, dude. I worked a show with him. Part, part of Decay. So, yeah, got to love him. Um, the other one that he was considering that, um, in hindsight, we love Billy Gunn. We love Billy Gunn. Just going to say that. The other one that he was looking at that he did not pull the trigger on, there was actually two more. Um, one was Christian, which I, in hindsight, that probably should have been the one you guys went with. Just yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? It was a financial thing. Christian was actually more expensive than Billy. You know oh, I I mean? No, I do. I do. So, so um, looking at what Billy drew, in hindsight, even now looking at how Billy drew, we went with the right thing. DX was just gotten back together, you know, in WWE with HBK and Triple H. So, you know, ride the wave. He was part of DX. And he was yeah. just more reasonable. And at the time, Christian was working in Impact. And he was great in Impact. I loved him in Impact. But he was kind of a lesser name, you know. Can you, can you disclose one thing to me, um, if you can remember? Was Christian living in the States at that time, or w- would have that have been a Canadian? No, he was or? in the States. He was in the States. Okay. Then. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, because if you would have said it would have been a Canadian flight, I would have faulted you at all. <laughs> well, no, the one, guy, the one guy that the Canadian flight really stopped that we wanted to do one year, we wanted to have Bret Hart come in and sign autographs. Oh, um, I do remember that. Fantastic, which would have been fantastic. But the airfare was just so horrible to get right hey, there. It was like, oh. There, there's another guy that you guys talked to that I believe is out of Canada, a certain Native American. Oh, oh are we talking about Tatanka? Yes, sir. Tatanka's ca- He's Canadian? Uh, uh, I oh, didn't cool. know that. I, was, I thought he was like, what? I what, thought he was what, American. Do you know what tribe he is? I'm trying to get my Google machine to work. Ta, tongue, oh my God! <laughs> you do realize Tatanka means buffalo, right? <laughs> I do now. No, I'm just saying that. So if he types in Tatanka, a bunch of buffalo pictures are going to come oh. up. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, um, Tatanka was kind of a weird cat. Uh. Basically, you call him, you talk to him, you get his price, you say, oh, maybe that's a little high, but not too horrible. And then he then he explains that he's got to have first class seats, 
and, uh, you know, for the plane and, you know, all these other special amendments. And then when you say, well, if I did all that, what, what, what can we work out? And it becomes, well, I got to go talk to my spiritual advisor and I'll get back to you. And you're like, what the hell? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. It's like you're dealing with the ultimate warrior and he's got to hear from the the people from Parts Unknown. No, the people from Parts Unknown. Yes, it's always the people from Parts Unknown. It's Uh, Creatures of the Night. Was uh, Undertaker, didn't he have Creatures of the Night or something? Yes. Um, so that was kind of where Wicked kind of went. There was the Balls Mahoney thing that was set up for the uh, one year or uh, the the one year reunion event, and we'll get to that. But yeah. um, there have been some names that have passed through Wicked Wrestling that have gone on to do some other things. Guy by the name of Tristan P.S. Hayes, baby. Woo! Yeah, Tristan Hayes. Willie yeah. the Bomb Richardson. The Urban American Dream, baby. He's coming to you live from the west side of Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> and a the man Ur- who's become very successful in his career now. Yes. Are you going to say it? Uh, well, hold on. The Urban American Gladiator, Trauma. And yeah. he, also, he also might be cool. a, a little bit of famous for, for something that we all might like. It's a little thing called comedy. You can look him up. His name is Jay Washington, a.k.a. Uh, he, Drama. He's in a show now, too. He's, he's uh, in a, something, I think, that runs on HBO or something. But he's in a, an episodic show now. He's got a role. And, of course, okay. their manager, the one, the only, the urban sensation, the leader of the ARC, C-Red, baby. We loves us some C-Red. And look, there are some other talents that have passed through Wicked Wrestling that were really great. Uh, delicious Danny Scott, Bailey Mannix, also known on the independents as the tag team Explicit Content. You had the Kent boys that uh, Botch provided, Botch and Machine, yep. the former Grave Diggers that we've talked about on this program. Um, uh, Botch's last match for any independent corporation uh, happening okay. against him. Yeah. We we had some tales through Wicked. There's a deathmatch wrestler now that uh, kind of got one of his starts with Wicked. Oh yeah, back Neil then. Yeah, back Neil then, Cutter, right? Back then, he what was famous linked up the little brother or distant cousin of Angus McDuff that had come here to try to. I don't. Angus. The storyline. Yes, Angus and Seamus. There's actually a legitimate storyline that was figured out for that. Um, they were actually raised by their fathers, I believe. So, not by their mom, which they share in common. Uh, Angus is actually, they were both born in Ireland, but Angus had lived there for a while. Whereas Seamus yeah. had moved to the States, and that's why he's more of a hardcore street fighter because that's the environment yeah. he grew up in. That's why their characters are so different, even though they're related. <laughs> and then, and then, 
There's the and guy then. And then did some death match. Well, and we've got to give Neil Diamond Cutter credit where he's due. He tagged with a tag team that hands down, if they were still working the independence today, or would have been working the independence along the time that, uh, you know, this AEW would have come about, tag team by the name of Mason Cutter, Devin Cutter, the hooligans. Yeah. And I got to I got to book a great storyline with Seamus that I don't ever know that I told you about that I'm going to tell a quick story on here tonight and we're going to move along to some other things mm. we're going to give credit where it's due take our song break uh, if you still want to have Mel call in that'd be fine too um, you know the thing about it was this when I brought in the hooligans we were like well they, they they're like can we bring Neil and I'm like I know Neil but I don't know that he wants to do the character that we we mm. we had him portray down here in Wicked. Mm-hmm. And um, it became, okay, well, he's traveling with you guys, yeah? And he's changed his name to Neil Diamond Cutter, right? Yeah? I'm going to play off that. So he was literally in my company, their little brother, for the three months initially in RWF's run. And mm-hmm. what I set up was that um, basically there was a tag match, and he had turned on Matt Cage. Um, who was his tag partner at the first show, and then him and Cage had their revenge match at the second show. But at that first show, we had literally set up the stages before Mississippi Madman got hurt. It was going to be a six-man tag with Neil Diamond Cutter and the other two hooligans against Matt Cage, Mississippi Madman. And I think Ed Schumann's plan was Rashi Brown. He's like, let's throw Rashi in there. And you got... And I'm like, great, then we have like guys versus black guys, and that's like, nah, nobody will care. No, Ed Schumann was not racist. I swear to God, he was, and I just had to throw that in okay. there. Um, but there were that we used him, and then when we did the NWA uh, number one contenders match for the NWA World Tag Team and NWA Midwest Tag Team titles, it was Death Walking Tear, Machine, and Cyanide, the new rendition of the tag team for Machine, um, against the Hooligans. And what I did to make that really I, – I had put my foot down with the hooligans. I said, I'm tired of you guys cheating. I'm tired of all this warfare. Um, so hey, what did I did, you tweaking? <laughs> I'm going to tie it in. I'm going to tie it in. Um, I had, we had done the thing with Machine and, and Cyanide and the hooligans where if Neil Diamond Cutter gets involved – they that death walking tear would win via disqualification so in hindsight looking back at that i wish we would have tried to promote that a little better but he got involved machine and cyanide won and uh the third event that we had he was actually supposed to face his own nemesis from wicked mephisto but for some reason mephisto didn't end up making that event but those two down here for wicked had some grudged feuds and matches. Uh, they were it was wonderful. Uh, the way they auditioned for us was actually quite spectacular. Um, that classic old wrestling slang, saying, bring your gear. To any show you go to, yeah. if you're working, you might end up working. Um, really came into play. Basically, they showed up at an event. We already had a full card. We had no plans for any adding any matches. But they came up with Curtis Wilde. And uh, He's like, these guys are really good. You, you should check them out. He's like, at least give me a chance in the ring. See, see what you think of them. So I'm like, okay, guys, put your gear on and just do a match for me. 
like, yeah, in the, they're like, how long do we have? I'm like, go five minutes. Give me five minutes. And only take a few minutes talking over, you know, because I got other stuff to do. So they're talking over while they're changing. They come out. And they put on probably about five, seven minutes. And it was just fantastic. Epic stuff. Like, you tell these guys train together. I'd work together a lot. They were amazing. So I'm like, all right, guys, uh, you'll get a payday tonight, and you're going on. You're going to be the opener. That was a hot match. That's why I need to open the show. You there know, was another kid that used to travel with Mephisto. I don't know whatever happened to the kid because this would have this would have been great for AEW, especially now with Brian Jr. being about. But there was a kid that traveled with Mephisto back then by the name of Corey Pillman. That yeah, kid, Corey Pillman. Yeah. Oh my God. Like literally. literally. He, oh, honey. Corey and Rion Skills were a great tag team too. Oh my God, the, that kid! Like, could you imagine him and Brian Pillman Jr.? There's your varsity blondes. Somebody yeah, find right. that kid. He was he was uh, small though. That was his problem. He needed to put on muscle mass. He's kind of a small guy. All yeah. right. The other thing great about Wicked, um, got to give some praise where it's due here. Sin and Mel Storm, Nick Logan are responsible for Victor Priest, aka Chris Stark was the manager and a referee for a while um responsible for me responsible for a guy that i worked with that was a good still kind of a good friend of mine damian sins um dakota hungerford actually had one of his first matches in wicked it was so funny to go back and watch that video um joey joey bam bam hagland got some training under wicked so this is a company despite what everybody might have said there are people that traveled to that company that had tenure, like a Milo Cash that ended up working for me years later, or other talent that did. That was a great company, and there were people that came to Wicked because Wicked always felt like a family. And you don't get yeah. that in every locker room you go into. Yeah, um, Botch really opened my eyes to that, uh, the bond that we all had in Wicked. You know. um, the other the other great name to pass through uh, uh, Wicked that we, we were talking about, Sin and I, when we were at the comedy club the other night, and we're going to get to the second portion of this program, I promise. I just wanted to – this was kind of my little surprise and thank you to Sin. Um, Al Snow. And I never forget oh. Sin telling me the story of, Bene- uh, of Mephisto, like, going out to breakfast with him with Al Snow. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, Al Snow's like Al taking Sin aside later with Mel Storm and being like, "Is he okay? Like, I think he's mentally deranged." <laughs> if I give you a Mephisto shirt, will you wear it? That was another one. If I give you a Mephisto shirt, will you wear it? He's like, "Dude, I live for free T-shirts." He's like, "I don't even have to buy shirts anymore. People give me so many shirts." He's like, "Yeah, give me one. I'll wear it." So he's got a picture of him wearing a uh, Mephisto shirt. And then the greatest line to ever come out of a match from Wicked, Madman Pondo versus Mephisto. Yeah, your name's Mephisto, so it's just you and your fists, bro? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, Pondo. Yeah, um, Pondo. Great times with Pondo. I love Pondo. I love Pondo, too. What, a, what an awesome dude. Yeah. And... The thing about it is this. This is a rich history. This is kind of going to 
lead me into a transition I'm going to make to close this program to promote an event this weekend. I have to give respect where it's due. We'll get to that in a while. Uh, anybody got any requests for song break? Katie, you kind of know what's on this board. Finn has no clue. Either I'm name a band. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to throw on there is good. We got to refresh our calls and all that other good junk right like that there. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Funny noises again. This is some ugly kid Joe. Oh yeah. My boy was just like me. 
Saturday night, June 26th, at the Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's Stimulus Check Wrestling. Yep, we're putting our stimulus checks together, and we're going to have a wrestling show. Featuring some down-on-his-luck XWCW guy that we can get for under 100 bucks, and a few other guys we can pay 10 bucks a piece for. That's Saturday night, June 26th, unless the zombie apocalypse is caused by the virus. That's Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and... Stimulus check wrestling, you don't want to miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Hour 2 of Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil on the Evolution Radio Network. This is a proud presentation of Rampage Productions. We are live and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. I, once again, am your co-host, Sadistic Sean David, along with my co-host, The Sultan Slither, Sim. And the reason why your show will never be a bag of dicks is Chaotic Katie. All right. And we are back, and we've got some things to discuss here in Hour 2. Hour 2. Hour 2. Ah, 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 ah. Hour 2. Oh, stop. Stop. All right. Hey, what comes after Hour 1? Hour 2. Hour 2. You got her singing it. She's like, oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So the thing that I want to go to now is the obvious uh, oblivion in the room. Um, We're not going to talk about Vince McMahon right now. I am going to open the phone lines. These phone lines are open. You may call in now at 515-602-9678. 515-602-9678. It is our guest call in line, and here's why. We are now going to play Armchair Booker. This is a new segment coming to you live on the Evolution Radio Network on Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil, and here is why. Uh, Unfortunately, Sin and I did not get together as we normally would last night to watch AEW Dynamite. But I had seen enough of uh, what's going on online to know this. And this is what I wrote on my Facebook uh, 10 hours ago, my personal Facebook, Sean David Hubbard. I said, Dear Tony Khan and AEW, allow me to play armchair booker here for just a second. You gave away your upcoming pay-per-view main event last night on free TV. Mox versus Punk should have been your pay-per-view main event. 
So now yep. the question in everyone's mind is what can they do to make this main event better for the pay-per-view? Here's the simple solution. And not only should put money in AEW's pockets, and I don't mean Orange Cassidy's, but I mean what is best for business as the old saying goes. MJF is your current AEW Dynamite Diamond ring holder, right? And that's the yep. AEW's version of Money in the Bank, right? So this is what you uh-huh. do. We have all been waiting to see what the future holds with Mr. MJF. If you want to make yeah, money we'll off this pay-per-view, yeah. this is the only Crazy. option you ha- have. MJF, Moxley, Punk, in a tr- n- not in a triple threat match with a lazy booking no DQ rule. Let's do this ECW style. Let's do this as a three-way dance, meaning the last man standing is the undisputed AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and both men that are not the last man remaining will not be allowed to re-challenge for the title. Let's change up this ball spark. The pop that MJF will get on the return will be huge enough. Enormous. just what AEW needs to drive this pay-per-view home, not only in attendance, because I don't believe it's sold out yet, but pay-per-view bots. I mean, um, I'm already kind of, I, I don't know, what, what do I want to see on pay-per-view from them? FTR versus the uh, freaking Young Bucks. That's what I want to see. But it's not going to happen because the Young Bucks will job to him, so I don't know. Moxley, Bryanson, or Danielson, or I don't know, Punk, whatever. It's a whatever now. It's starting to feel overbloated like Impact was at one point, where there's just too many stars on the card, and like none of their homegrown talent is going to go over. Maybe, hopefully, Wardlow, if they don't screw him up. But, I mean, you look at all their talent and all the guys they're, like, leaning on. Guys like Jericho and Punk and Mox. They're they're all ex-WWE guys. That's just the way we look at them. At least me. Mm. You know, uh, like, like you're talking about trying to bring a home screw talent up. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they're, they want to, really. It seems like they're happy having those guys holding lesser titles than giving the good titles to, you know, whatever big names they can sign. I do have an opposing view uh, on this that was just posted on my Facebook about 20 minutes ago. I want to read this. I'm not going to give away the gentleman's name. I won't be that mean. So they gave away the first match on free TV, and you're saying put all three in a clusterfuck match in a couple weeks. I wouldn't. I would have Moxley and Punk feud and put Paige or MJF as the ref or something, MJF and Punk needs to be a long build, in my opinion. I think everything is too rushed, and I don't mind triple threat, but I think modern wrestling does that shit too much, where all the top guys are thrown in these big matches. You're going to try to sell Punk versus MJF singles match the next pay-per-view after we've all seen the triple threat? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Because that is a feud you can go back to. Those two have already feuded, and that opens the door not only for MJF to uh, feud with Moxley, which we've been waiting to happen. There's been a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And MJF to feud with Punk again, which is what 
initially is what's best for business. Everybody's trying to say Punk should be feuding with Moxley. No, 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 no. Best for business, Punk feuding with MJF. We know that because when those two well, were But then you run into the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar situation. How many times are you going to have them wrestle each other? I mean, Um, if you only got two good guys to to work with, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe Punk against Cage, build an angle around that. At least, you know, those two can work each other. They'll be fine. You know what I mean? But But Cage is tied up with Jungle Boy now, so. Correct. I if you listen right here when I say this, if MJF is not back on this pay per view, AEW has uh, done us all in the wrestling business a huge uh, misfavor of uh, not really you doing anything with him. Dis, dis, yeah, disservice. Disservice. Huge disservice because they will have essentially buried MJF to where if he doesn't come. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I think he should be on the next pay-per-view. And if he is not on television with AEW, and I don't mean dark or dark elevation, the fucking YouTube show. I mean literally on television. Yeah. And let's be real here. He needs to be on Dynamite, not just Rampage. Agreed. Well, they don't, I agree with you. I honestly if, can see Triple H snatching him up. Uh, I can see it because H, I guess, no. I guess H, I heard is good on him. Like he he wants to snatch him for the Fed. So yeah, but but okay, this just reminds me of the the E three thing. Okay, what they they buried E three. Oh they yeah, nothing with yeah. them. Yeah, you know that's, not, that's what I'm afraid of them doing. He was that. so good in Impact, yeah. and they brought him up and just <laughs> did yeah. nothing with. Yeah. They did sweep piss all. It did sweep piss all with them, and. That's just the type of kind, kind hey, of hey. ferocity of a character that, that MJF is and can be. Yeah, but there's a big difference. I, I really think <laughs> Triple H could put some direction in that story. He's kind of yeah. handling, you know, talent relations now and stuff. I'm sure they could mutually come up with some good ideas. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, and on the other channel with AEW, I am looking at this damn six-man tag. And I'm just going to make this bold prediction now. And and this is going to be the sarcasm. I was wearing a T-shirt earlier today that sarcasm is just another free service that I offer. Um, one of my favorite T-shirts that I, that I own. Um, but the Elite, as I call it, it's going to be Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. The, yeah. the, the so-called yeah, Elite. Omega. Um, get yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. But what I'm getting at is they are going to be the first trios, champions, whatever the fuck they're going to call these goddamn triple threat tie. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, whatever it's going to be. Because they yeah. needed more belts. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going. We, we have Ring of Honor. Yeah. I'm going to start calling AEW Everyone Gets a Belt Wrestling. Participation? <laughs> and you get a participation vote And you get a participation vote Oh look at you over there in the corner You got nothing Come here We give you a participation Well vote. I mean they I feel the I same mean, way about WWE booking of the women's division though Liv Morgan gets yeah. a title run Natalia had a couple yeah. Naomi had yeah. one I'm like all these people that like If it was a male wrestler of the same fame 
probably wouldn't have gotten a title run. Got a title run in WWE <laughs> for women. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, just want um, do, I want I want them to do more with the tag team division and the women's division. I really really do. Do more. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought they kind of were for a while with Bailey and Sasha. I thought they were doing cool yeah. stuff with it, but yeah. And then Naomi and Sasha, that was okay too. Yeah, it was all right. And Naomi, I, I I find her mic work bland. I like her. Oh, I, I mean, her gimmick's I okay. Her. her gimmick reminds me of kind of kitty gimmick, you know, with uh, yeah, glow look stuff. Look at Bailey. Look at yeah. Hey, 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 hey! Watch it with the glow. I uh, just but, the, the, like you yeah. know. Hey, but I don't if you want to go kid, if you want to go childlike, kidlike, look at Bailey. And her hug, hug everything. Well, when she was a hugger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but look at how much better her career's gotten since they've given oh, her yeah. the new gimmick. That was, yeah. I mean, it was her idea, apparently, to come out uh, when she turned heel and destroy, or no, somebody gave her an axe and told her she's supposed to destroy him with him. And she was oh. talking about if you watch her doing it, when she hits the first one, she doesn't hit it quite right. Then she starts figuring out how to chop those, uh, what are those called? Yeah. Those wiggly hands. Wacky, wacky waving inflo- the inflatable arm flailing tube men. Wacky waving arm inflating. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, when she's oh chopping those God. down with the axe, it's actually pretty yeah. entertaining. If you watch, she kind of doesn't hit him right the first time, and she goes back and does it again. I, I, I do I do like Bailey's. I like Bailey's heel turn. I really do. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. the new way. She looks incredible. The new music with the way it just says Bale and then Lee on the end, you know what I mean, on yeah. the screen. Yeah. It's yeah. catchy. I like it. Good entrance. All right. Well, I believe Katie's got a question if you check their messages. Oh, I haven't been checking the messages because why? I'm on air. That's why. <laughs> okay. There's three. Okay. What, how was your Tuesday? Ding. How was the- Okay. Poutine, what? <laughs> <laughs> was this not said to me? What's going on? <laughs> no, he said he sent me three messages. Asked Sin and I about our Tuesday. Ding, fries are done. Time for poutine. Is <laughs> 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 that important things you needed her to look up? Time for poutine. I no. No, I, I want. <laughs> I wanted her to ask us about our Tuesday night. Yeah, how was your Tuesday night? Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. It was incredible. Sin and I traveled down to Jukebox Comedy Club down in beautiful Peoria, Illinois. And we we had a night, let me tell you. We got to meet the – I've got to give all credit where it's due and praise this woman and pull up this Facebook post that I praised her in um, 100%. Yeah. Oh, and, and On, we love it. And just the photo you got signed for me. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, I love it. you've already got it? Yeah. No, I no, I've a picture seen it. of it. I've, oh. I've seen it, love. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's glorious. So on Tuesday, we got to meet AWA, All Japan Women's Wrestling, WWE and WCW Women's Wrestling <laughs> Legend, the original pioneer in trend setting. The Women's Evolution, 
2015 WWE Hall of Famer, former AWA, WWE, All <coughs> Japan, World Women's Champion, former WCW Cruiserweight Champion, and a former WWE 24-7 Champion, and two-time, two-time Monster Jam um, World Champion. Oh, get, the get one. out of my head. It was, I was going to say dr- Monster Truck Driving. The one <laughs> and only M.A.D. in the U.S.A. I am talking about Ow. the legendary... Medusa, a.k.a. Alondra Blaze. Alondra Blaze. <coughs> yeah. Now, I want to tell... I wish I, wish I was there. wish I was there. <coughs> I want to tell the story that um, we're, we're, we're going to tell a couple things here tonight. I'm not going to uh, totally expose everything that she exposed in her uh, live show because I want, I want y'all to go see it. Highly recommend it. Um, so... Finn and I arrived at Jukebox Comedy Club, and we're the first people really there. And we look outside, and there was a woman standing next to an SUV with uh, another comedian, another guy we found out was her opening act. And we're like, because we took my mom's car to save on gas, and we're like, dude, is that her? And we look at each other, we're like, nah, that can't be her. And we get out of the car, and we want to go in and pay for our tickets, and it is her. And literally him and I, and I hope he can still hear me, literally him and I are, like, in awe at this point. Like, she she is so nice and just so chill that I have never, like, him and I literally, we, we had to, like, we saw her. We got our tickets, and we sat back in for a minute, and then we saw her carry it in her merch and went back in, and, and we'll get to that. I was in awe, T- complete utter oh. awe. Oh, when we pulled in, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah that's what I, the story I'm telling is how we pulled in, yeah. and there she was. I mean, yep. it was just um, – I cannot believe that this experience happened. We got to help her with a banner that you see in Sindanai's picture with her. Um, that was that was quite fun to try to put together. It was cool <laughs> to hold the belt, the actual she belt, ju- from the moment that you know she jumped she in the ha- trash. She she still has the original belt. Ah. The original. <laughs> yep, the pink one. Uh, out of girl. <laughs> um, I don't now, know how she's kept that out of Vince's clutches this long. Well, you know they do have a show where they go back and hunt down treasures of the WWE. I wonder if she'll give it up. Oh, I don't I, think so. She's pretty attached to it. I wouldn't. It's mine, motherfucker. Yeah, right. Uh, adult's history. The, the funny thing is, we are helping her put together her merchandise table, and Finn happens to mention her. We're, we're all having conversation. He mentions that I'm gay, and she's like, "Oh, that doesn't matter." And I'm like, yeah, that's my trainer. And she's like, wait a minute, he trained you to be gay? You trained him to be gay? No, the reason, you're, you're missing the point, the reason I said you were gay. She's like, oh, you can't get it in the hole. I said, well, oh, he's I gay. Oh, I forgot and about she, that. Person. Yeah. She goes, and I go, well, he's gay as a joke. And she goes, it doesn't yeah. matter if he's gay. And then you look, you're like, he trained me. And she's like, yeah, that's when she dropped the line. You trained him to be gay? I was like, that's, 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 yeah, that's, 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 that's,
Um, now, to, now to get to her live show, uh, just a little bit of it. I want you to know that this woman training with Eddie Sharkey, busting her ass in Japan, and I want to explain something. Women in that day did not get asked to Japan and have all expenses paid. There are a lot of these people out here today that say they've gone to Japan, and the fact of the matter is they paid to go to Japan on their own dime. Medusa was flown to Japan to be trained and, and, and work with them, all expenses paid. That was incredible to learn. She talked yeah, about she was a legit athlete before yeah. she got into the business. So she talked about Sherry Martel. She talked about Luna Vachon. Oh, oh, Aww. Bull um, Nakano. Bull Nakano. Uh, oh, here's Bull. Now Bull. Bull is really Sorry, nice. Bull. Bull is quiet. Bull's Excuse quiet is really nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bull's a little quiet, but very, very nice. She's very nice. I liked her. And I the thing was, a lot of people don't know that Bull Nakano was mm. brought to the WWF because Vince went to Medusa and said, hey, we don't, we, we've run through all the women's talent. Who else do you want to work? And she's like, can we please bring Bull Nakano from Japan? And Vince said yes. What? Yes. That's cool. She was the original Vince girl before Sunny. Oh. But I want she didn't behave like didn't she didn't behave like Sunny people. Okay, let's get that get that straight. I want to explain to everybody the real reason for her demise. I am gonna be the spoiler on that one because I was literally almost in tears on this. She is getting ready Um, to fly out to do one of their upcoming pay-per-views or a Raw or something along those lines, and she gets FedEx. FedEx is from WWE, and she thinks it's a rib because it says, I thank you for everything you've done. Your services with World Wrestling Federation are no longer needed. She calls the office. They let her know it's true. Now, here's the real thing that I want people to realize, because we all talk about Brett and Sean. Here's the original yeah. screw job that Vince put himself in. Because it happened again years later, and I want to point this out clearly. Um, Sin, please message us on Facebook when you're clear to talk again, because I know you'll want to add to this. Um, she got that notice as the reigning and defending WWF World Women's Champion. And when did she get it? How, how long ago was this? 1995, okay, making maybe? Sure. I'm um, making sure. So she was let go by them. She's on, you know, maybe 72 hours go by. She gets a phone call from her old friend, Eric Bischoff, bro. <laughs> and Eric had the idea that he had. Now, she, she admitted, was it maybe the best thing for her to do? No. But she had felt in hindsight, that if she had stayed and been a part of the Attitude Era, her and Vince would have had a falling out anyway. Because one of the things that she said in her live show was she's a wrestler. And this is a problem that her and Eric started to have when they wanted her to do shit in a bikini. She talked about having to advertise the uh, nitro cologne in a bikini. She's like, what the hell does this have to do with women's wrestling? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. 
I'm going to try to do my yeah. best Southern accent on this because she talks about her monster truck career and uh, mm-hmm. meeting the guy that drives Grave Digger. Oh, okay. I thought she drove. Well, she do- she drove the Medusa truck. Yeah. Grave Digger was somebody yeah. else. Just making so when sure. She was, checking. When she was, when she was uh, being trained by the guy with the Grave Digger truck, he, he looks at her and he goes, all right, here's what I want you to do. When I put my arm down, I want you to gag that bitch like you've never gagged a bitch before. <laughs> and she said that the first time, and I about, I about literally spit my drink on the stage. We were so close to her. It was so cool. Um, but I want everybody to realize something. Wrestling was not a, a women's sport. It never really was. She was never paid anywhere near what the women are now. And one of the other points in her show that I almost broke down one in was when she talked about winning the uh, monster truck championship, either the first or second time. And her family was up in the suite with some of the executives of monster jam. And this was said after she won the uh, championship. Well, women just won our title. What the fuck are we going to do now, boys? And they left. the (laughs) Uh, It wasn't funny. Katie. She actually found that insulting. And I do too. Oh, to the okay. point, well, uh, you see, you see my point well, of view on true. it and hers. Yeah, I know, but it, and, and look at mine. It's true. Women, you know, we've done everything, and even had a woman win the title. I mean, it's true too, because I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it doesn't surprise me that some good old boys said that, you know. And it's, it's they, they not as a joke in seriousness, even saying that is so ridiculous. Um, did you want to add anything else? Because uh, I had you muted, and I don't know if you how much you heard, how much you didn't. But I had said that Vince, Vince set up the original screw job with her, but it, he mm-hmm. didn't get the screw job his way. This is if 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 you go back and look at history, Medusa had the World Women's Championship when she was let go. Yeah, he tried to get rid yeah. of the contract with. Brett, with Brett still having the belt and didn't want history to repeat himself. But the whole thing is Vince was the booker of the company. How did he not realize she had the women's belt? And how did he not realize at the time that he was trying to end the contract with Brett that Brett was still the champion? He shouldn't have terminated Brett until the title was off of him. And he -hmm. shouldn't have terminated Medusa in hindsight until the title was off of her. That's the lesson here, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. He should have just got the belt off of him, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess when you're running that much stuff, sometimes you get sloppy. Because like, that's just sloppy, not releasing them first, or not getting the strap off them first. Yeah. But um, I love her to death. I am uh, just so thankful for the opportunity to have met her and, and be able to spend time with her. Um, she's funny. She's funny. She doesn't have the big boobs anymore because we did find out some of them were fake. Um, that was a big oh. thing. We all know that. Um, yeah. but some titties. You know. Yeah. She, seriously, women oh. come to WWE. It is welcome to the WWE. We're gonna get you some titties. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much. Or they feel pressured, like they need to match a standard. Mm-hmm. Well, look at China. China had her jaw reconstructed. Okay. Yeah. Well, China Flair's had a lot of work done too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her forehead, her lips, her eyes, everything. 
You know who really didn't have much done, though, is Bailey. She just did a haircut and no. stuff. She didn't, really like, do anything drastic she dyed or anything. Ha- she dyed, dyed her hair, cut it, and put on new makeup and clothes. Yeah, I mean, that worked fine. And me and a mean, mean bitch, I'm bitch attitude. Yeah, and she isn't, like, like like big-breasted or anything either. You don't need to be. No. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have nothing to do with the equation. Yeah. All right. As long as 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 they're there. We are going to go into our next. uh, So without us watching AEW, we're not going to talk about a lot of that. We might talk a little bit about WWE here in just a little while. There are two segments I want to get to. And we might roll into some WWE and a little bit of OT tonight, not a lot, just to go over things quickly. But the thing that really astonished me is something that happened while Sin and I were at this comedy club. An individual that we happen to come into contact with. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Get ready. Because you know what time it is, Katie? You want to tell everybody what time it is? Um, It's not that time yet. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. have to play one more. I'm sorry, but this, this is going to warrant this, too, because I just, when I heard this, like, Sin and I talked about this most of the car ride home. We don't agree with it. Um, yeah. We're going to get it to it. Okay. Play. I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're going to have to send me home. Because I'm about to whip somebody's ass. All right. Well, we were sitting there having a conversation with the waitress and some other people that were there. There was a gentleman sitting behind us that happened to be eavesdropping on our conversation because it was a Mm. small, intimate building and not a lot of people there. Who overheard us drop the name Joey Grunge and laid some information at the the feet of Sin and I that I, because this individual that I'm about to mention has worked for me, where this incident relates to this individual, I'm about to snap. Just, just y'all, y'all haven't heard this, this what, in a long time. Is this what you were pissed off? Is this what no. you were pissed off about this afternoon? Okay. No, that's something you personal that you and I will talk about. Yeah. That you yeah, and I will talk about, about off there with, with yeah, Ben. Um, okay, and you were about to whoop somebody's ass. That's yes. all. 
So, well, I'm still going to on that, but that's a personal matter that's not going to be addressed here. Um, but, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. Listen, Dan. Listen, Linda. Oh, I got a frog in my throat really bad tonight. You too, I have a eh? Lot of problems. I'm going to send this guy this link, and he may even be calling in. But um, the name got dropped of a certain individual that Sin and I have known since the year about, of about 2008, a guy by the name of Joey Grunch. Yeah. And there was some information laid at our helms about um, some things that were done between Joey and our old friend here, the late Tracy Smothers. Uh-oh. What I'm telling you, I believe to be factual because the guy had proved that he had sponsored one of Joey's events or a couple of them. So we all know that Joey passed away a couple years ago. Or not Joey passed away. I'm sorry. Tracy passed away a couple years ago. Tracy passed away. I knew that. Joey Grunge ran ran a benefit. where the money was supposed to go to Tracy. I'm not saying that Grunge did that. I will allege that I have suspicion about that, but no further than that. I can't prove that right now. What I do know to be factual is this. Based on what we were told at this comedy (coughs) club um, on Tuesday night, the... (coughs) I get him. Okay. The original... People behind this uh, um, event were to have um, ties to Tracy in, in, in a bigger fashion than maybe Joey, because the original people okay. that were making sure that all of the funding was going to Tracy's final expenses, all of that stuff was Mickey Knuckles and Jesse Bell Smothers. And okay. then we are told, and I'm going to try to bring Sin back for this. Hopefully his little bit of a cost attack I'm is good. over. Then, then we are told that this guy owns a uh, hobby store in the area, and he gave Joey Grunge, I believe it was an autographed uh, Road Warrior animal figure for this yeah. benefit oh. to auction off. This figure when ended I, up on wow. Joey Grunge's personal eBay at a value of over $400. That's yeah, cool. and he ended up selling it on eBay. That's but he cool. gave a toy. It was it was signed by a hawk after Hawk had passed away. He hawk passed or away animal? I think it. he might have got confused really? because it was no, it would have been a because he said it, it. No, it was animal because it was right around the time it was like we lost Tracy and we lost Animal and it was all in that short time period. Because I remember yeah. having right, a notified. I think he even mentioned it was a Laurinaitis. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So okay. I um I want to take this moment to say that I find that incredibly distasteful, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And Sam and I have kind of razzed on Joey Grunge in the past because we've had our reasons to. But this, this I have always kind of said to people in the wrestling business, I said, be weary on Joey Grunge because my opinion of him is he's a snake. This is why I say Joey Grunge is a snake. I mean, I would have never done that. If somebody would have given me a figure that had been autographed to auction off to raise some money for Tracy, the money would have gone for Tracy. Yeah. 
And and for him, because here's the other thing that happened at this benefit event. They had a picture of Tracy and did this whole tribute to Tracy, and Joey is crying in the ring. Meanwhile, a couple of days after the event, he sticks his figure on eBay, if not before the event, and gets 400 bucks for it. Not cool. Not yeah. cool. Yeah, he was talking about how it was in the paper. They had a picture of him crying by a turnbuckle, and there was an article on it. And then uh, – Within a week, he was already selling the toy online. That's not he right. Just get auctioned off. It's it's so ridiculous. Oh. But what what the sad part is, there were there's a lot of guys. If I heard that story, I, I wouldn't know if I'd believe the guy. Sad part is, I could see him doing it. So I believe bad the guy. You, you know what I mean? That's that's what the bad part is. Yeah. I um I had nothing but the utmost love and respect for Tracy. Uh, Sin didn't really get to know Tracy, but he's somebody that Sin would have loved because Tracy was that kind of individual. I loved Tracy's mother. He was very sweet to me. He's always good to me. Always. Anytime we had him on here, complete class, complete gentleman. And like I said, and even this guy confirmed this, I said when the school of smothers closed, I said there is a reason that is not being exposed by Tracy Smothers or Joey Grunge as the reason that this school is closing. I was given confirmation uh, uh, by that by this individual at the Comedy Club, too, and he had told us that it was because of building permits. Now, um, we know that there were some other issues with Midwest Impact Pro and permits down in the Peoria area and some of the event uh, uh, places they were running events. And then the guy told us about badass wrestling, badass wrestling, Toby Arce's brainchild at the Pekin Dome. It was supposed to set the world on fire in Peoria. It's not around anymore, folks. It's because, Ooh. like many people, he was sold a bill of goods by Mr. Joey Grunge. And this wasn't the first time Mr. Arce was sold these bill of goods because he, uh, Mr. Arce funded Joey's IWA Midwest and funded Midwest Impact Pro. But uh, Joey had sold him that if he wanted to do more deathmatch-style shows, which he did, to run under his own banner. And he came up with Badass Wrestling, and Wrestling spelled R-A-S-S-L-I-N. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and then Sen and I talked about it, too. Joey helped this other promotion, and Crime Fighter can confirm this. I believe Crime Fighter was at this event. He had talked to a guy that uh, wanted to run some events that ran in Peoria Heights, Illinois, and they ran um, um, they ran one event in Peoria Heights, one event, and done. I don't know all of the details. I suspect that guy lost a shit ton of money and said, I'm out. Um, because for you to run one event and, and to be done after thinking that you were going to run multiple events in Peoria Heights, that tells me something too. Yeah. I think that Joey, based on what I know of him for this action is even more scum than what I thought before. Um, and look, we just covered this last week. There's two people that he trained. I'm not tying Joey to this, but please understand scum breeds scum. There are two men that he trained that have uh, allegations against them currently. We don't know if those allegations are 100% true or not, but, again, scum breeds scum. Um, Sin, Katie, you have any final thoughts on what Mr. Grunge did in, in correspondence to Tracy Grunge's 
or Tracy uh, Smothers funding or supposed funding to the Smothers yeah. Fund. Deplorable. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. What more can you say other than total just if there is a the perfect class act that is the opposite of what you want to see on TV. I'm, I'm sorry, it's so scumbaggy, so scumbaggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Douchey. Oh. It's so uh, douchey. Yeah, the fact that somebody just be that greedy—that's sad. Mm. Well, that—that's what—that's what a douche nozzle does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be our final segment here tonight because I want Sin and I to kind of have some time with Katie to talk about this big event coming back to the Illinois Valley this Saturday. Folks. Illinois Valley has been starving for a good wrestling event. And listen, listen, listen. Yo, listen. As Max Caster, the special guest for this event, would say, this Saturday, Luz Legrado proudly presents the return of Dreamwave Wrestling, as it will be a summer spectacular. This is the first Dreamwave event since October of 2019. I don't know that I don't I don't know that the Illinois Valley is ready. You have a six-man scramble to crown a new Dreamwave Wrestling champion, Vic Capri, the Ice Prick. Vic Capri will take on Marsh a Rocket. The human highlight reel acid. Christian Rose, Brew Baker, and LaSalle's own Hartenbauer in a six-man scramble to crown a new Dreamwave Wrestling champion. <clears throat> going to be an exciting match there. Then mm-hmm. other exciting matches. Platinum Max Caster from AEW will take on the anarchist Eric Cannon. <laughs> going to be another exciting match. Here's another one for you. Hammerstone returns to Dreamwave Wrestling to take on an RWF original, Bucky Collins. Okay. And I don't know who Bucky is. And then? You're going you're to see the return of superstar Steve Boz and high-intensity Austin Roberts as they're going to tag team one more time, super intense, taking on the four-star heroes, the team of Matt Nix and Chris Castro. Oh. Cool. This will be one for the record books. It is the Beck family returning. Mason Beck, Cousin Bobby, and the Dixieland Destroyer 
against those damn coyotes. I don't have all of their names. Wish I did. Put you over. You're going to see 12 Gauge take on C.J. Esparza of Zero Gravity. Oh. This is a family-friendly event, and there have been contingencies put in place if it does rain out. This is this Saturday. Gates open at 2 p.m. with a special 3 p.m. bell time. Front row is $30. General admission is $20. Kids 10 and under are 10 bucks. Lose the grotto. This Saturday, be there if you can be. It's the big return of Dreamwave Wrestling. And I want to remind everybody that Mr. J. Repsol, this, this was not his first company. Let's give credit where it's due. He was one of the original founding members of the greatest revolution to ever come to the Illinois Valley. I'm talking about the one and only Revolution Championship Wrestling. Jay Repsol, to his credit, was able to strike lightning in a bottle twice in the Illinois Valley. First with RCW and secondly with Dreamwave Wrestling. I wish him nothing but the best and Dreamwave, the entire roster, a great show this weekend at Luz Legrado in Peru. Cool. Saying anything <laughs> to say about that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I might have attended just to see the main event, you know, like uh, the title match, because I find that interesting. And I know some of the guys on the card, so I might stop by there, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm super psyched about it. Like, I mean, it'll come back and in a few years it'll probably go away again just because if they do what they did before where they oversaturate an area with names, it's just you got to come and then leave again and come back and leave again. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, I hope I hope this isn't a one-off show, and I hope that uh, they they don't book themselves into a corner like last time. But, yeah, that's what I hope. You know, it would be nice to see a good running company in this area again, running strong. Tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow, you can go to Chicago (laughs) Style Wrestling, the company of Jason Hades and Steve Boz, and you, well, do you want to get cool or do you want to get rotten to the core? Because their special guest tomorrow night at Chicago Style Wrestling at the American Legion will be none other than Carlito. Oh. Cool. Did you know so, he spits in the face of people who are not cool? It's mm-hmm. true. It's very true. <laughs> very it's true. Damn true. Damn it's true. Damn true. Um, I don't want to be a big... I don't want to be a big spoiler here, but I could totally see Carlito showing up Saturday at Dreamwave. Sorry. It's okay. All right, folks. Well, I think that's just about going to do it for us tonight here anyway. Um, I do want to say that what I believe is that, yes, I hear you, Betty. Get out of my ear. Um, Okay. I do want to say what I think, what I think uh, it, what's going on with WWE right now is a great thing. I think Triple H, you're going to see things in rest, in the WWE that you have not seen in a long time. There's already proof in the pudding of that. And I believe that, like I said last week, and even um, Eric Bischoff said this, between now and the end of the year, 
is going to be a real proving point for what WWE is going to be able to do in 2023 under the vision of Triple H. Said any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think some of the changes already made are awesome. I think it's freaking hilarious that on the very first pay-per-view with him on at SummerSlam, uh, Corey Graves actually delivers the line, Michael Cole, when were you allowed to have a personality? And he uh-huh. said, things have changed around here. A lot of things have changed around here. <laughs> well, on the mic, on pay-per-view, I'm like, well, that's a sign of the times. This is where we're going to let, – let's get ready for a good ride. I'm really expecting uh, Triple H tickets on a good ride. I can't wait. Yes. If, if he does if he does anything that he's doing for NXT – make them a success, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah, I used to look forward to NXT. <laughs> you know, when he was in charge of it. Yep. <laughs> oh, my. All right, I'm going to close this up, Sin, uh, um, and then we'll have him come back and say goodbye. I know he's got to answer his cellular device. All right. Um, next week, Wrestling Authority Radio returns in a big way. It's going to be re- the return of this guy. Okay. This is a hardcore hip electric Eric Freedom, and you're listening to the Graveyard Radio Network. Peace and love, baby. Peace and love. That's right. Next week here on Wrestling Authority Radio, we will be joined by the stars of Eric Freedom's promotion, people that he's Excellent. trained, and himself to put over a big event yes, next week in <coughs> Michigan. I am excited to talk to Eric, a.k.a. Pops, for anybody that's been around the business that knows, that knows him, gets the right to call him that. Hopefully I don't get uh, put in the hippie hippie shake for that one. But, uh-huh. yes, next week on Wrestling Authority Radio, we will be joined by the hardcore yeah. hippie himself, Electric, Eric Freedom, and him and Sin are going to have Can't some wait. stories to tell. It is going to be an epic night of Wrestling Authority Radio right here next Thursday With that being said, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us here tonight on Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. You know what they are by now. You know how how did you find our links to begin with? (laughs) Buy the the merch of people that we've had on. They'd love it and appreciate it. Um, We will have some new merch maybe coming in the new year. There's talks being had about that. We need to get some new merch. Buy our merch. Um, Buy our merch. <laughs> so, so your new product line, chaotic, like chaotic sadistic sinners. Okay. <laughs> that's, not, that's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? And 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 the clothes will smell of ode to old man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will oh, we no. send them to Jim Cornette's house before we send them out? No, oh, we're gonna, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, that remi- no. That reminds me of uh, Medusa telling the story of uh, the, the good old protein powder. Yeah, the protein powder that all the guys <laughs> used to eat. Oh. <laughs> Gross shit. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be joined here next week uh, for a lot more. And uh, if you get a chance, support an independent wrestling show this week. If it's a bad show, tell us about it. If it's a good show, tell us about it. And we'll be here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Same bad channel. 
Katie, tell everybody what time it is. Well, folks, you don't have to go home, but you sure as hell can't stay here. Get out. So return your glasses to the bar and turn the lights off on your way out. Good night, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Night. Night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.